Everyone has opinions. Most of them are trash. Join us each week as we get to the bottom of the heap, sifting through topics ranging from pop culture to Pop-Tarts. In the end, only one trash talker will reign refuse supreme. Disagree? Too bad. Welcome to Your Opinion is Trash. It's 2021. It's a new dawn, a new day. That's what's happening. Oh gosh, I feel so fresh and new. <laughs> Did you shower, Claire? <laughs> Not today, no hot water. Oh, <laughs> Brooklyn. <laughs> Shout out, Brooklyn. Oh, hey, everybody. How's it going? Feeling pretty good. Better than before. Good, great. So there we are. I'm Other... cold, but I'm okay. Right. <laughs> At least you have a closet to live in. <laughs> yeah. It's warm and nice in the dark closet. <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm Natalie. Claire's here. AJ's here. Keith's here. All, all here. the hard seltzers are here. Mm. We have so I'm many. I'm having cider. Oh, Claire's Ooh. having cider. What kind of cider? Oh, I'm glad you asked. It's a uh, Book of Nomad Graft Cider sure. called Wild Fury. It's sure. a Riesling Strawberry Tangerine Cider. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. I know, right? The that's, profiles. That's a, lot, that's a compendium of words. It's got a little, like, funk on it. It's yeah. good. I, I like it. I dig it. I'm into it. Into it. Um, so, yeah. All right, everybody. This week, we're going to be discussing what is the best film score slash soundtrack. Ooh. AJ's very upset that it's score slash soundtrack. Because they're different things. Well, perhaps if I read you a definition. It all works for terms of endearment. Don't worry, AJ. (laughs) All right, all right, all right. Some good music in that movie. Really pulls at the heart. Really pulls at the heartstrings. (laughs) So let's see if I can get a little tiny, teeny bit of information. Um, okay, so according to Kurt London, I don't know who that is, um, but he was on the on this film music. Kurt Loader? No, I wish. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah. Kurt London, unfortunately. Oh, um, Brother of Adrian <laughs> Oh dear. So according to Kurt London, film music began not as a result of any artistic urge, but from a dire need of something which would drown the noise made by the projector. Wow. Because in those times, there was as yet no sound absorbent walls between the projection machine and the auditorium, and this painful noise disturbed visual enjoyment to no small extent. So, oh, for like silent. Kurt's got a lot of got a lot of animosity towards this. Um, Before the age of recorded sound in motion pictures, efforts were taken to provide suitable music for films, usually through the services of an in-house piano player or organist, and in some cases, entire orchestras typically given cue sheets as a guide. A landmark event in music synchronization with the action in film was achieved in the score composed for 1933 version of King Kong. Oh. Apparently there is an example of when the Aborigine chief slowly approaches the unwanted visitors to Skull Island who are filming the native sacred rites, and as he strides closer and closer, each footfall is reinforced by a background chord. And this was like the first time ever that like it was all like beautifully, perfectly little packagely done. Spoiler alert, that's AJ's pick. <laughs> yes, King Kong. <laughs> every step. Bum. I think that's, I, thought, I was like, oh, that's cool. That's I like that. Cool. Um, so, yeah, the, so as, just to solidify this, the score is original music written specifically to accompany a film. The score forms part of the film's soundtrack. Mm. That is why oh, I think it is fine shit. to discuss score and soundtrack because they are inherently So this is saying that there is a circle... That is the score. And then the outer circle is, is the, the soundtrack. soundtrack. I think so. 
I mean, I don't know who this Logan man is, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm deeply skeptical All right, well, of his knowledge. It's fine. It doesn't really matter <laughs> about anything. This is I all actually not... think that that's interesting because I would have thought the score encompassed the soundtrack. That's you're what the I would soundtrack too. encompasses the score. Yeah. I... Because it involves all like extraneous sound mm. that might be. Yeah. Yeah, but. Ten... I mean, not for like the CD that you buy. Right, but you if know, you. Look, in the 90s. But if you look on soundtracks that are just scores, they're called soundtracks. Mm. When you buy a CD of it, I will. Right. I'll explain that further when I get to my pick. (laughs) Okay. But I'm telling you, when you look at the CD of a film score, it says soundtrack on it. All right. All right. Fair enough. Even when it's just a score, when it's just the when it's when there's no like vocals or anything like that. Um, British bomber. It's fine. Um, So yeah, (laughs) that's why I think it's okay for us to discuss soundtracks and scores. I think we're all. Dear enough friends, we're going to make it out the <laughs> other think, side okay. I think we're all adults here. I think we're all going to be okay. We have enough booze to get through it. We have a lot of busy. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, do you want to go first? Mm. <laughs> or are you sad about this? Uh, I'm fine. I'll go okay. first. Or do you want to get it out the way? I'll go first because I might as well, because no one's going to think that I win. But sure. if I can use the platform that I have in order to expose people to other things. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that is as good. Is a win. Is as, as a, a win. win in itself. So yes, I would like... Expose the people to the trash. <laughs> so I would like to tell you a little bit about a man named Elmer Bernstein. Mm. Does anyone know who this is? No, I fell asleep. Well, his name's Elmer, so you know he's old. <laughs> yeah. He's probably he's white, and you'd be get right on both guesses. Well, he invented cereal, I think. Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, he was, and he maybe was actually he Kellogg's a cousin that tried to under to, tried to dupe him. But um, no, Elmer Bernstein uh, composed many different scores. He was a uh, you know not necessarily as well known as maybe a John Williams. Mm. Or a Hans Zimmer, oh or um, you know, but nonetheless, did a lot of film. Very big in the in the fifties, sixties, seventies, and even into the eighties and nineties. I believe he did the score to Ghostbuster. I believe he did the score to The Great Escape. Is that your pick? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But Elmer Burt, now the, the, the savvy film people that are listening will know what I'm getting to. Mm-hmm. Because the best film score. He did score Ghostbusters. Thank you. Yep. Have we cracked that market yet? The, <laughs> the savvy filmmaker? The best, the best, the savvy film fanatics will know where I'm headed. And it is, it is one of the finest American films based on what might be the greatest American novel and accompanied with what I believe is the greatest score and it is the score to To Kill a Mockingbird. Ooh, boy. <laughs> Claire's face. Claire's upset. Claire, Claire, Claire's shocked. What did you think he was going to pick, Claire? What did you think he was going to pick? I don't know. I had I had Any, no idea. Anything I just thought it other was than old. To Kill a Mockingbird. I thought like like basically anything <laughs> other than To Kill a Mockingbird. Sure. Yeah. I could have seen like Pinocchio or something, but oh. <laughs> I've already gone over that Pinocchio had one great song. It was When You Wish Upon a Star. Or like Jaws, like something. Uh, Jaws score is terrible. I mean, I mean, it's not terrible. It's just simplistic. Bottom, bottom, bottom. Um, no, this score obviously. <laughs> It, obviously, I'm at a table of Philistines. Hung some of it. I'm at a table of Philistines, and no one knows the score. Probably because no one knows the book. You may have heard of it. It's okay. a popular okay, that's You keep saying we don't know it. You sing book. it. <laughs> we... We all read the book in high school slash college. Which means that you then skipped reading and watched the film and you've heard the wonderful score. Some of us read I've the I've read books. the book like six Some times and been in the play twice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Keith, you saw the play too, right? I saw it on the Broadway. Yes, Keith yeah. also saw it on the Broadway. Did they use underscoring to amp up Jeff Daniels' emotional pleas to the jury? No, I don't think no so. No need. He was yeah. in Flyaway Home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he jerked those cheer, tears just fine by himself. Oh my God. Welcome back, so Roxy Carmichael. Oh, goodness. Oh my god, I love Welcome Home, Roxy Carmichael. There we go. I have not thought about that movie in a long time. Sorry, go ahead. The score to To Kill a Mockingbird, Mm -hmm. however, is Americana music at its finest. Now, if you know me, you know I am a patriot. You know I love America and I love democracy. And I refuse to let the right take that from me. Now, okay, that's I'll get off my political soapbox. But, um... The score to To Kill a Mockingbird is just brilliant. And it's, it is one of the most beloved film scores, even if you're all going, you know, slack-jawed wonderment how I ever end up choosing this. It, it, like I said before, hum a few bars. It's a very famous score. Okay. <laughs> And I, 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 I invite you to watch the film again, because what is a score if it does not, if it is not paired with an equally moving film, right? The score is a compliment mm-hmm. to the to the film. There have been, yes. you know, there have been like bad films with good scores. Let me give you an example: Dragonheart. Dragonheart what? has a great. Dragonheart's score. not bad. Dragonheart has a great one. score. And is a ridiculous, stupid film. No, it's wonderful. It's an absolutely wonderful film. We'll agree to disagree. And, but you have, to me, a great score has to accompany a great film. Both of these are equally great in their matching. You got Gregory Peck giving, uh, you know, of course, one of the great American heroic performances of all time. It's such a good movie. If you don't feel something at the end of that movie when that score swells up, you are dead. <laughs> you are dead on the inside. That might be accurate. Yeah. And at that point... Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely dead on the inside, but that has nothing to do with To Kill a Mockingbird. <laughs> so again, I, I, I will keep it short because I know that I will be considered not the winner, but I hope that this episode will introduce people that may not know Elmer Bernstein... And that score, I hope that it brings you joy. Well, thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you for being so I great. mean, I'm interested to, like, listen to it. Is it on Spotify? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> When's the last time you listened to it? Uh, maybe a month or two ago. Okay. okay. That's okay. reasonable. I'm okay Can you that. listen to it without the film and it's the same, and like, it's still overwhelmingly it's an experience like, of its own. Yeah, does it make? Yeah, it, okay. You can you can definitely listen to the theme and and feel the sentiment there. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Okay. All right, that's nice. I like that. So it's not just like incidental music, which is sort of what you alluded to. <laughs> I, I I may not be the best hummer in the world. My 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 hum <laughs> does not uh, is not evocative of a seventy piece orchestra, but it's a beautiful score. All right, <clears throat> AJ, I'm your friend. I would never. Insult your humming. Thank you. <laughs> it's a nice hum. It's a pleasant it's hum. It's a lovely hum. It is. It's a good hum. <laughs> that boy's got a good hum. Mm, that guy's a hummer. Oh. oh, wait, that's a whole different thing. I just ventured into the bad territory oh, there. different situation. Love that okay. hum. <laughs> um, all right, Claire, would you like to go next? As mm-hmm. she sips. As she mm-hmm. sips. <laughs> I'm asking everyone when they take a step if they want to go next. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'll go next. Uh, my pick is both a soundtrack and a score. Um, in that all of the music on this soundtrack was written for the film. Oh, lovely. Um, well, that's good. And thank you. You're gonna hate this. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> buckle up. <laughs> I don't think so. Get think, ready to be mad. I think it's a lovely <laughs> choice, but I well, I I feel like it's a. Um, Based on the persona that I have built for myself on <laughs> sure, trash, yeah, yeah. I sure. think that it it is an expected choice for me, but I'm going with A Mighty Wind from 2003. Yeah. Oh, all right. You know, it, it's weak, but I, get, but I like it. <laughs> it's weak. <laughs> I like weak things. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it's musically I mean, weak. It's folk. 
It's folk music, and it's um, even though A Mighty Wind is not like as funny as some of the other Christopher Guest films, I think it is like it has so much heart in it, and it is it's and all of that comes from the music because they are lovingly like crafting all of these songs yeah. to sort of be. Again, like I've said before, I think my favorite thing is when something parodies something while being the best version of that thing. Yes. And I think that that's what A Mighty Wind is all about, where it's like they're making fun of the folk genre, but they're actually creating like award-winning folk songs within it. Sure. Um, Every song featured in the film was written by members of the cast or uh, by Guest's long-term musical collaborator, whose name is C.J. Vanston. Mm-hmm. Good name. Um, Good name. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we, all like a, we all like an initial name around here. <laughs> we do. I definitely do. Yeah. <laughs> Big fan. Big fan. Um, and since I know you're all wondering, here's how it ties into 9-11. Um, uh, Michael McKean. You know what? With most, you know, your opinion is trash. I'm usually wondering at the beginning of the night, how does this relate to the tragedy of September 11? So yeah. do please inform us. Um, well, allegedly, Michael McKean and his wife, Annette O'Toole, who is also an actress, um, they wrote... At least they wrote uh, Kiss at the End of the Rainbow. Mm-hmm. But I think other songs as well, when they were driving from L.A. to Vancouver because all of the flights were grounded. Oh. Um, and she had to get back because she was filming Smallville. So wow. he drove her and they wrote all of the music that they wrote together for the score. Interesting. Um, on that trip. Interesting. Um, so there's your 9-11 tie-in. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yes. Um... And then they won, they, they were nominated for an Academy Award for Best Original Song mm. for The Kiss at the End of the Rainbow. And they, and Dan, uh, Dan Levy, uh, Eugene Levy and Catherine <laughs> O'Hara performed it yeah, yeah. at the Academy Awards. I remember that. That, that was yeah, a good performance. Yeah. Uh, and they also, A Mighty Wind, the song A Mighty Wind, won um, a Grammy for Best Song Written for a Motion Picture. Yeah, that was a great uh, song. So That's the one that says, it's that blowing was... me, it's blowing you, right? Yeah. <laughs> a mighty wind's a-blowing, cross the land and cross the sea. It's blowing peace and freedom, it's blowing you and me. <laughs> <laughs> like, so good. Uh, and they're all just like full smile when they sing it. It's wonderful. Um, they even did a seven city U.S. tour uh, as the different bands: the Folksmen, the Main Street Singers, Mickey. Wow, and I didn't know that. That was that would be great. Um, and let's see what else. Uh, oh, the Folksmen. So the band that is Christopher Guest, Harry Shearer, and Michael McKean. Uh, was created as an SNL sketch when they were on SNL. That's amazing. Yeah, oh, I didn't know that. And, and then after they did Spinal Tap, when Spinal Tap was touring as a band, the Folksmen would open for Spinal Tap. <laughs> but the audience had no amazing. fucking idea what was going on. So the audience amazing. would like boo and hated it because they were like, what the fuck is this folk music? Like, Wow, that is no. some like Andy Kaufman shit. That's great. Yeah, they like didn't realize it was the same guys because they were so different. And Catherine O'Hara learned to play the auto harp. I mean, what wow. can't she do? Wow. Again, Ooh. once and again, the reason... That's this thing, right? No one can see what I'm doing, but it's like, right? <laughs> that's it's adult. Like a I think harp. you're... I'm not trying to judge your pantomime, but I think that's a dulcimer, and oh. this is an auto harp. Oh, so well, God, I'm different. thinking of the wrong thing, then. Hmm. Yeah, you play with a pick. Okay. Oh, I think uh, I know what it is. I'll, I'll Google. <laughs> uh, and she also wrote the catheter song that she sings at the end all by herself. Oh, my God. Uh, which yeah. is like, easy flow, easy flow. I don't remember how it goes. That was, I think, Smelly Cat, what I just sang. It's a little Smelly Cat, yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, it's just exquisite. John Michael Higgins mm-hmm. did yes. all of the nine-part harmony arrangements for wow. the Main Street Singers. The wow. songs were written to be sung in unison by nine people, and he was like, "I could just do a nine-part harmony, which is not an easy thing." No, nope. of course not. <laughs> and they <laughs> they sing those like so amazing, like train-sounding. That's crazy that he did that. 
Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I love it. It explains his character in The Breakup so much more. Right. Because he's like, in The Breakup, he plays that Hearst, Jennifer Aniston's brother who's in an acapella group and he's constantly... Move yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, apparently, he, so he was, he was in Gary, Best in with Show. with the kick drum. Come, come. With the kick drum. <laughs> he was in Best in Show and he like came up to, he like pitched this idea of like wanting to do a musical one sure. with wow. Christopher Guest. And he was like, here's some songs I threw together. And wow. then Christopher Guest was like, yeah, okay, come on. You're the best. That's wow, great. that's great. Um, so yeah, it won a Grammy. It was nominated for an Academy Award, which, I mean, it's an honor to be nominated. It is, <laughs> truly, truly. What won um, It has a lot know? of my favorite people in it. Wait. And the music is like great. I remember listening again, like, well, I don't know if you out there in listener town know this about me yet, but when I was a teenager, I was I shunned country music. But this, I had the soundtrack, and I would listen to it in my car on my drive to school, like, every day, and I'd just be, like, singing, Come on, boys, potatoes in the paddy wagon, gotta get her out of there. <laughs> like, I loved it. I loved it so much. It's so catchy and, like, poppy, but, like, deeply folk yeah, no, I, I think it's beautiful. It makes me feel feelings when they kiss at the end of the the rainbow. It's fucking the most beautiful thing that's ever happened. <laughs> I like this movie and I like the soundtrack. It's a good choice. I think it's lovely and it's very on brand for Claire. Yes, it's on brand. <laughs> Sadly, I did find out that the song lost the Oscar to the song that was randomly played at this year's Oscars, Lose Yourself by Eminem. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was the year he didn't, he didn't show up. That was the year he didn't show up, which yeah. is why, for some reason, this past Oscars, they just decided to have him perform it. And it so was weird. one yeah. of the most random performances I've ever seen. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. All right. I mean, you can't put folk music up against Eminem. Like, yeah, he's going to win no, every he's time. Probably <laughs> That's tough. That's tough. Anything else? But, like, oh, I'm sorry, Claire. Go ahead. Anything else? Oh, no, 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 no. I have nothing else. I, I just feel like I feel oddly warm and happy in my cold, dark apartment <laughs> just thinking about Mighty Wind. Sure, sure. Yes. Yeah. Claire, I'm blowing a warm wind to you. Oh. Oh, God bless you. you, you <laughs> it's blowing you and it's blowing me. Oh, there it's it is. It's blowing peace and freedom. <laughs> it's blowing you and me. <laughs> All right, I will go next. Ooh. I think my choice is a pretty obvious choice for me as a person. And if anybody knows me, it's probably pretty obvious what I believe the best score to be in all of, of all of film time. And um, I am talking about a score that was composed and conducted by Mr. John Williams. Mm-hmm. All right, we're already Star on the Star Wars. Trip. You love Star Wars. Boy. Always have. Always will. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. John Williams, many consider him to be the greatest film composer of all time. Mm. He has won 25 Grammys. That's a lot. He has Sheesh. won five Academy Awards. Yeah. He has won four Golden Globes and three Emmys. Mm-hmm. Okay, John, leave some for the rest of us. <laughs> Let's get this man a Tony so he can hurry up and get the fuck with his EGOT already. Wow, for the love yeah. of God. I wonder if he's ever even thought about composing for the stage. I don't know, it's crazy. He has 52 Oscar nominations, which makes him the second most nominated person in the history of the Oscars after Walt Disney. Oh, of course, Walt. That probably went into the red, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> His first feature film composition was in 1958 for the B movie Daddy O, which okay. I'm I'm thrilled oh, to learn more about. Daddy O, um, yeah, I remember that. So. <laughs> he composed Natalie Wood. Yeah, probably. Oh, okay. He composed music for eight of the top 25 grossing movies of all time. He is he did he did Jaws, Close Encounters, Star Wars, E. T., Home Alone, Schindler's List. Oh, Schindler's List is so sad. It's yeah. one of the best. It's that Perlman playing that on the violin. It's very sad. That'll make you oh. weep. Yeah. How does E.T. go? It's a good one. Thank you, AJ. Yes. Um, unfortunately, I'm not talking about any of those movies. Because the best movie score that exists on the planet is the score from Jurassic Park. All right. They do move in her. And you can all come. 
kindly go fuck yourself. Oh, well, there it is. There it is. <laughs> I know how much joy this brings my friend. And so I will not trash it. And it is a this, good score. This score. It is the best. <laughs> yep, that's it. It is the best film score of all time. All right. A little, a little more information. He began writing the music in February of 1930, 1993. <laughs> <laughs> 1993. He came out of the womb writing. 1993, and it was conducted a month later. Because of a back injury that he sustained during conducting, a lot of the cues were conducted by this other dude named Artie Kane. He is like not mentioned. He is not mentioned on any part of the soundtrack. Ah, fuck him. <laughs> Except he is mentioned in the special thanks in the booklet that comes with it. Um, Thanks, Thanks, Artie. Thanks. The composition process was done at the same time as the sound editing at Skywalker Ranch, and this led John to get inspiration from all of the dinosaur noises because he was composing next to the sound editors. So he was watching the film and listening to the noise while he was composing. He described it. He describes the sound as a rugged, noisy effort, a massive job of symphonic cartooning. He also said that while trying to match the rhythmic gyrations of the dinosaurs, he ended up creating mm. funny ballets. <laughs> so Funny ballets. He felt he needed to compose pieces that would convey a sense of fascination and awe, given that the movie dealt with the overwhelming happiness and excitement that would emerge from seeing live dinosaurs. All right, so... <laughs> the music does embody that, that quality. That is I the do, most I, perfect description of that music. Yeah. Because when I in 1993, when I this is my favorite movie of all time. In 1993, for anyone who does not know me, <laughs> when I saw this movie, it was the happiest I believe I have ever been in my entire life. Sure, sure. Because this movie made me want to be an actor, not because I wanted to be an actor, because I thought if I become an actor. I can be in a movie with dinosaurs. Oh, I thought like, you wanted to be a dinosaur. No, <laughs> I just wanted to be in a movie with dinosaurs. And when I heard the music, I was like, what is going on? And the music literally makes me cry with joy when I hear it. Mm-hmm. Every time I watch the movie, I'm like, when this when the music's like da 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 da, I like, I feel like I like get I feel like I'm eight years old again. Like I get so excited. And the music is never not just like absolutely thrilling. And I'm just like, you're right. They're they're moving in herds. Mm-hmm. They do. They, they do. Like, I feel so excited to see a dinosaur every single time. And it never, it's just never pure joy to me. And I think Is that the first time the score that like yes. that part of the score yes. plays when they see the bra- the Yeah. What I when they know. see the Brachiosaurus. Yeah. Yeah. The Vegisaurus. Um, the Vegisaurus. Like, they, yes. they do move in herds. Yeah, that's it. And and then you know he's like, that's the moment I always think of. Oh yeah, yeah, that's when it happens for the first time. And then they like pan to beautiful Jeff Goldblum, just smiling, his long hair and it's all black, and he looks so great. Um, Beautiful Laura Dern, just looking at plants. Yes, and we all got Laura Dern. Oh, it's so good. And and they use that. You know, they also use it. They use in that in the new the new version of Jurassic World. In the first one, they they used it. Oh, they yeah. used that theme. Yeah, the piano. For when the kid, though, they use like the ba da 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 da. When the kid like first opens the doors to Jurassic World, and it's like the first time you see. And that movie is trash. But when I went and saw it, I was like, ah! <laughs> I was like, it's playing and it's so beautiful and it's. I want to go to Jurassic World even though I'll probably die. I don't care. I still want to go. Um, I like Jurassic World. The second one's better. Just, of the new ones? Of the new ones. The second one is better. I don't think but I, I saw the, the new ones. We can have a long conversation right, about well, why you're wrong. I haven't right. seen the second one. I've seen the first can one. I, yes, I haven't seen any of the new ones. My question is, so the park is like open and functioning before everything goes wrong. Yes. Yes. So there's a window of survivors. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's many years of survivors in Jurassic World. Oh, so yeah. there's hope in the future oh, yeah. for Dinosaur Park. Oh, yeah, no, no. And I will go on record for saying, if Jurassic World ever becomes a thing, and there are dinosaurs, I am going. I don't care if I die. I'd prefer to die there. I think that's probably what's going to be best she for me. She died doing what she loved. Best yeah. way to die. That's, 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 I'm getting <laughs> she eaten died by doing di- what she loved. <laughs> Looking at dinosaurs, <laughs> crying to the Jurassic Park theme. Also, the other best thing that ever happened... So. The LPO in New Orleans sometimes will play live scores to mm. movies. And oh, I was yeah. very lucky to get to go and see Jurassic Park 
played with a live orchestra and I just really cried for like two and a half hours because I was so yeah, happy. Yeah, you gotta. And one time while we were rehearsing a play outside, the LPO was playing famous music <laughs> from movies <laughs> and TV. <laughs> and we were at rehearsal and they started playing and we were like choreographing a sword fight and they started playing the Jurassic Park theme and I was like ah! <laughs> I yeah. couldn't do anything I was just so happy and it was just wonderful so this this score brings a lot of joy to me and I think it's so beautiful and I, I just think the music is really beautiful and I think it also works really well if you listen to the full score and like you get to the part with the raptors like it sounds all screechy and loud and yeah. it's crazy and the T-Rex stuff is all Fast and scary, and I think it really, as AJ said, adds to the film. A good score. I think it really complements the yes. film quite well. It adds, yeah. a, and I think a good score is evidenced always by how long it makes you sit through the credits. Sure. And Jurassic <laughs> Park is one of those scores that you fucking sit through the entire credits because you're like, this is some good music. It's so good. So just like very quickly, I'll just do the last little bits of my stuff. So the first motif is the theme from Jurassic Park that you hear when you see the Brachiosaurus. This theme is widely regarded as one of John Williams' greatest lines of music he's ever created. Um, it was to He declared it was an attempt to capture the awesome beauty and the sublimity of a dinosaur in nature. The second theme is Journey to the Island where they, it's like noble fanfare. It's when they're in the helicopter and they're going, yeah, and they're going to Isla Nublar. And he said that that was an adventure theme, high spirited and brassy, thrilling and upbeat. And the third theme was composed and is very different from the main two, comprising four menacing notes. And it's heard frequently in scenes involving carnivorous dinosaurs and raptors in particular. This motif drew inspiration from Williams' previous music, such as the shark motif from Jaws, and utilized wild orchestral and choral things. The idea was to shake the floor and scare everybody. Ooh. So, fuck go. yeah, John Williams. And it peaked I do think John at Williams 28 like, on the Billboard charts. Ow. <laughs> he, liked to, he, he can tell a story through the music, which yeah. I think is and the I, whole game, right? I think that's the whole point. And well, he's undoubtedly the greatest film score composer. I mean, there's not even a close yeah, I second. Mean, so that's my pick. No one I don't can know, Christopher Guest and Eugene <laughs> Levy and... <laughs> No I, one can argue against my pick. I, I like that it. AJ has a glass of water here on the uh, on the table, and it's kind of and it's kind of moving. It's kind of Jurassic like, like Park, like in the uh, in the Explorer right now. Yeah, you know how they if did Casey that, right? doesn't I, run into the room as a Velociraptor, <laughs> I'm gonna be disappointed. It was a guitar string or something. They used a guitar string. They put it through the water so that they just flicked it and it yeah. would shake while they were filming it. I, I know will, everything about Jurassic Park that's ever. Been I will say the. Uh, <laughs> The promos for Jurassic World when they use like the piano, oh, the, 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 the very slow, the very, chilling like, piano. Doo, 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 doo. Oh, it was oh, like it was yeah. creepy it was, and cool. It was amazing. That was like the on the trailer for yeah. uh, for Jurassic for the, World. Uh, yeah, that was dreamy. So that's my pick. I think it's great. I love it so much. I cry when I hear it. <laughs> it makes me. I so also cool. feel like this is on brand for you. Yeah, it's yeah. incredibly brand. Oh, yeah. it, you can't get more on brand than me picking Jurassic Park. That's it. Right. Unless I have, unless I'm able to pick Jeff Goldblum for something. But right. <laughs> but we're there. That's it. Keith? I guess it's to me then. It's to you, my friend. Right. A word from our sponsors. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I didn't no, no, let you do that earlier. No, it's fine. They're nice and room temp. I'm tamp. sorry. Mmm. <laughs> mmm. Looking for a good, lukewarm, hard seltzer? Yes, sir, I am. You know I am. Turn to Vizzy. This one's got antioxidants, and it's, you know, okay when it's not that cold. Mm. Uh, mm. A hint of blueberry Vizzy. and pomegranate will make you feel alive. <laughs> I like a hint of heat as well. That makes it lukewarm. Goes well with churros. Yeah! Um, all right. This is gonna get interesting. Um, <laughs> so yeah, this I, I've been championing this uh, category for a while, um, and I'm definitely leading more uh, soundtrack uh, than score. So that's okay. So I hope everyone is. Which is a nice way to say a playlist. Uh, I'm so on board, and I want to just yell a thousand guesses, and I'm holding myself back. So so for me, uh, this um, this soundtrack, because that's what it is. It's not a score by any stretch. Um, you you immediately know where you're going with this thing when you hear the first notes of music for the film, and what those are are boom, 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 ch, boom, <gasps> boom, boom, ch, 
Jing, 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 Nobody puts baby in the corner. <laughs> we are talking. Very good. We are talking about dirty dancing. Yes. All right. My first cassette. Let's buckle oh. up. Okay. So uh, we we obviously cannot talk about the music of Dirty Dancing. With uh, I'll try not to talk about the film too much, but they're so intertwined. But it's so many things in Dirty Dancing like worked out that probably shouldn't have. For one thing, it's this crazy mix of 60s and 80s that doesn't make any fucking sense. No, but, but makes so much sense. Two <laughs> tremendous genres of music. I love 60s doo-wop, Motown music. Like, that is my fucking jam. So, like, it really worked out well here. And I like 80s music as well. Yeah. There's They definitely lean more toward 50s and 60s music because that's yeah. the time period of the film. But um, And I'm obsessed with that Kellerman song. That yeah. Had, <laughs> Voices, heart and voices. Oh yeah, no, it's it's brilliant. Um, so yeah, a bizarre combination of music, and we'll get to how that was kind of put together in a moment. Uh, let's see here. So I'm just gonna go quickly through the song list. Obviously, we have "Be My Baby." We have "Baby Girls Don't Cry." Then they have uh, "I Want to Know Where Are You Tonight." <laughs> Do you love me? I'm just a love man. Oh, these Ooh, are like yeah. classics. <laughs> okay, one. "Stay." One of my favorite songs uh, of all time. So bum, 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 stay. Um, hello, hungry eyes. Oh, give it to me. Maybe the best '80s song ever written. Maybe. <laughs> We'll have that podcast. The super Why weird song, Overload. Not my favorite. That one's it's so overload. weird. That's, if I had to it's get overload. rid of one, if I had to get rid of one, it's Overload. Hey, baby. No! It's got that great intro that's like, I can hear your heels. Yep. Click it on the sidewalk. No, I know. I'm still getting rid of it. I think I'm getting rid of it. <laughs> to the rhythm of my Doesn't heart. Doesn't meet the criteria. Hard pass. Hey, hey, baby on the log is, yeah. uh, of course, like, maybe the most iconic. Well, there's so many iconic moments. Yeah. Uh, de Toro and Poco. Yo quiero saber. De Toro and Poco. Oh my god. Um, that um, one's amazing. Wonderful. Some kind of wonderful. These arms of mine. <laughs> Cry to Me by Solomon Burke. Ooh. Maybe my favorite song in the entire film. I don't know. There's a lot of them. Um, will you still love me so tom sexy tomorrow? Love is Strange. Oh, the best. The best. Okay. I sang that song way too much as a child and like didn't know what it meant. And I just sang it all the Sylvia. time. Yes, yes Nikki. 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 Uh, you Don't Own Me. How you call um, your love boy? Yes, we're going to fall in love and it feels Oh, yeah, give it to me. That song. Um, in the that. Still That's of the Night, really also a tremendous song. And then, of course, we have the two tunes that were like really incorporated for the film. She's Like the Wind yes. by Patrick Swayze. And then, of course, Through my tree. The Time of My Life, also known as I've Had the Time of My Life. <laughs> um... <laughs> Oh, and that's, and that's, we're leaving out, you know, uh, Hula Huna, which the actress who played Lisa wrote that song, apparently. What? Yeah. A four, five. <laughs> I love that part. She wrote that song. <laughs> Why does that make any sense? But she wrote that. And then for the, the Kellerman song at the end, hearts and voices, hearts and that was. Voices, hearts and hearts. Fucking Wayne Knight is the comedian. At, uh, at so Kellerman's. Good. Oh yeah, <laughs> fucking Newman. So two, two, two Wayne Knights. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with there is. Yeah, back to back. Two Wayne, back to two back Wayne, Wayne Knights. Knight I didn't know this would be the two Wayne Knight podcast, but no. I knew we were gonna have one. Drink if you like two Wayne, Wayne Knights. Knights. Um, you hit the jackpot. Um, what else do I have to say? Oh my god, so many things. Uh, so, oh yeah, how did this happen? So when they were rehearsing. The film when they were rehearsing scenes, and this is very obvious in the uh, you know Mickey and Sylvia sequence. Ugh. They just used Eleanor Bergstein, who wrote the film. They like used her personal record collection mm -hmm. for a lot of the rehearsing wow, and, that's amazing. and filming. And then Jason Einer, who's obviously a legend now, he just went. He was like, I don't. Why am I going to go out and get other music? Like I'm just going to get those songs. Like, yeah, I'm going to acquire the rights to those songs because that's what people are like grooving to. Makes the most sense. Um, so he just started buying up the rights to these songs because it's very strange to have this, you know, combination of these 60s tunes with 80s tunes, but it fucking worked. Yeah. And can, I, can I say iconic. something quickly? Because I, I remember I watched the film at my neighbor's house when I was a child. Mm -hmm. And I watched it a few times. And it was one of those things I would watch it frequently. Legitimately, I did not know 
<laughs> because Baby Guy was too young. But I did not realize that the film was set in the 60s oh. until I was in my 20s. That's really funny. Because I because it the, was just so quintessentially 80s sounding. Yeah. And the ha- there were so well, many and mullets. Gen- and Jennifer Grey looks and, like the 80s. And so many perms that yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, this isn't set in the well, 80s. Well, you know, your lasting image of the, the film is an 80s song. Yeah. Yes. And it's all of the, you know, people that work at the at, at Kellerman's dressed in 80s costumes. Yes. So that makes the sense. Only, the only, like, reference to the 60s is the opening line of the movie. So <laughs> right. it's, it's easy to, like, she's like, it was the summer of 1963, and it didn't occur to me to yeah. mind. And I was yeah. probably, like, getting my popcorn and missed that sure. part. And therefore, entirely blew my mind. Yeah. But I just, I love the fact that he was like, I'm not going to, like, go try to, like, get other, this is the music they've been using, this music is perfect. Let me go try to acquire these rights. And like those songs, you know, are all wonderful, but putting them together, a brilliant idea, a legend. Um, let's see what else here. Oh, then he um, asked Swayze if they could use that song because he had recorded it previously. Mm-hmm. And she's, she's like, like the wind? Yeah, yeah, that was a song that he tried to get like in another movie. In Through 80, my tree. In 84. <laughs> and She rides the night. Next, Next to, to me. me. Y'all, this could go on for a while. Um, <laughs> she leads Sorry. me to moonlight only to burn me with the sun. Um, she's breaking my heart. She doesn't know what she's, she's done. done. <laughs> Tremendous song. I feel a breath in my face. Oh, we're done? Okay. <laughs> I mean, her body, her body is close, close to me. To me. You know, okay, yeah, it sure is. I'm done, I'm done. Um, <laughs> And so that was added, and then of course now this um, this is this is wonderful. The time of your life uh, situation here, where Kenny Ortega was apparently uh, we love Kenny Ortega on this podcast. Big, big fan, big fan of Kenny. Kenny Ortega is God. Big fan. Has Kenny Ortega been featured in every single episode. This is this is very much Kenny Ortega. Is God. I feel like I brought him up in Little Debbie. <laughs> <laughs> we probably found a way. This is very much the. Um, Aaron Sorkin wrote a few good men on cocktail napkin story, but um, he and his uh, assistant were searching through boxes of boxes of songs, boxes of songs, and then the last tape that they found was "Time of Your Life," mm. and then they requested that these two individuals sing the song: Bill Medley, Jennifer Warnes, and um, Grammy Award, um, Academy Award, yes. or, um, Golden Globe Award. All very things. very successful uh, tune, and obviously that's at the very end of the when when Johnny has seemingly gone to the future <laughs> and found this record that is absolutely eighties. <laughs> He's also found clothes for all of his friends that are from the eighties. The eighties does sixties, like it's it's, it's okay. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. Um, every twenty years it repeats. I it was repeats told that itself. One. So yeah, totally, it's totally. Okay. Um, you know. Uh, the album went on to be very successful. It ca- caused a huge resurgence in like sort of uh, 60s pop nostalgia. It went platinum 11 times. Jesus. Sold 32 million copies and spent, someone mentioned the Billboard, I believe, a moment ago. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, this uh, album spent 18 weeks at number one um, on the Billboard 200. Not bad than the Jurassic Park 35. This is just it? a bunch of woodwinds. <laughs> very true. Woodwinds can't compete. They can't very compete with, with, with any of that. I do, I, do, I do love the fact, I have to mention this, I mean obviously uh, time, of my, time of My Life, uh, She's Like the Wind, Hungry Eyes, oh, and yes, we're all on the Billboard charts uh, in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels so Which there's like maybe, there's like 15 seconds of that song it's in the very movie. Brief. It's when she... Yeah. It's when Lisa discovers Robbie having sex with the, uh, the older, the older yep. woman. Yeah, with the old woman. Sucks. Um, that old coog. The way, yo, know, man, the way they inter, inter, interwove the the sixties uh, with the eighties songs, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. I mean, Hungry Eyes is like that comes out of nowhere in that movie. Hungry Eyes up, is so good. I believe up to that point we've so had good. we've had nothing but sixties music, and then it's just like. Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> 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 and like you're just like, wait, what? What? And, they're, but that, and then they're like salsa dancing. Like yep. it, it makes no fucking sense, but it works. And of course, we have the iconic. Uh, he's he's oh. trying to get her to keep a straight face while he has his hand going oh, down her they arm. They hate each other, and so they hate much. each other in real life. They hate each other so much. Patrick Swayze's reactions are very real in that moment because she couldn't keep a straight face because she was like getting because tickled. Because it's real, yeah. Wait, they hated each other. Oh, they did my. not get along. No, Swayze and Greg. You know who she was pushing for? Who? Billy, Billy Zane. Zane. 
and you can different. see you can see videos Very of different. him like auditioning and homeboy can't dance. And let me just say, Billy Zane. And she wanted. I in. really like you, but you can't dance. Do you bro. think it was an envy thing? Like she envied Swayze because he could move. No, they had just worked together. Yeah, they did. Yeah. So uh, she knew it. She can work. She's okay. Joel Gray's daughter. She can dance. They, they did Red Dawn, and I think it was just like, I think they may have even had like a thing during Red Dawn. They probably had a thing. And then by the time it came around for Dirty Dancing, it was kind of like over it. Oh, he's like, he's so like confident and cocky and like, oh, it's Pat- Patrick Swayze is a great dancer and all this stuff. And um, and it was just, it was a problem. But man, the chemistry on screen, my God. Yeah. You know? Well, the so, story okay. is that they hated each other while they were working on it. But then both of them afterwards were like, yeah, it was hard. We, we didn't mesh well, but like... We're cool. Like, they didn't hate each other in real life. Not forever. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, uh, I I love the fact that, like, the album was actually so successful that they had to release... They, they, they didn't have all of the tunes on, like, the I guess the first record that came out in 88. So they had to release, get this, More Dirty Dancing. Yay. More Dirty Dirtier yes. Dancing. <laughs> My second... Cassette. <laughs> and then, of course, that was followed up, because I guess there were more fucking songs, was followed up by Ultimate Dirty Dancing. <laughs> oh, my God. No clothes dancing. Yeah, I think so. The dirtiest. Um, that was a two-disc. <laughs> and I could, I could go into way more detail, but because and then we really get into the film, but, like, the, this it was the perfect selection for, like, every scene. Carried a watermelon. I mean, like, it was all spot on and I just you know there's like not a bad tune in the bunch and that's why I feel like it's so great there's 20 songs not including Hula Hula Hana and the Kellerman's theme but um but yeah I and again I'm I'm a huge fan of that of that Motown 60s vibe and they just they picked all the right tunes I mean from Frankie Frankie Valley to Otis Redding it's uh it's all there and then you have you have She's Like the Wind when when Johnny's leaving it's through my tree and and (laughs) And it, it's like it's sh- that's what that's my favorite thing about this movie. It shouldn't work, but it does. One of the producers of the film, after he saw the rough cut, was like, "Burn the negatives and collect the yeah. insurance," because like they did not think this was gonna work. No, and it's so good. And it went on to who be. Who doesn't like Dirty Dancing? I mean, what kind of a monster are you? Yeah, I mean, like I feel bad for you if you don't. Me too, because you're not enjoying movie. joy. Is what yeah. you're not doing. Yeah. I think um, if it were. If this were just a strictly soundtrack, like, competition, right. Right. I would agree with you that Dirty Dancing is the best soundtrack. Okay. It is my favorite. Okay. I love it. Mm-hmm. But I love Jurassic Park <laughs> more than you, unfortunately. That is fair. That yeah, is fair. I mean, I it's definitely not trash. Again, it was my first it's cassette. So good. And I had, I definitely listened I to that cassette final, many times before I ever saw the movie. Oh, final. nice, nice. Yeah, and I mean, I just love post-coital in the still of the night. Mm. I mean, that's yeah, gonna be that's, so that's good. way up there. My on. only line of defense is I didn't think of it. <laughs> Not that it's <laughs> yeah, and like I can't, I I don't know, man. Like it's just that those, those first notes of "Be My Baby." It's oh, it's so good. And they have so that good. like the sort of it's the, sort of the dirty like the slow motion and dirty slow dancing motion montage montage. Yeah, and, and that, that oh, so pink good. fucking font. Yeah, it's, damn. Yeah, it's, Sorry. I like so Dirty sexy. Dancing. <laughs> Don't ever apologize for your deep love of Dirty Dancing. Yeah. Also, and I'm only going to bring this up because you shit on the song before, but the the moment when Overload plays in the <laughs> film, where he's like breaking into the, the car, car because yeah, he, with the, with the yeah. thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, and it times out perfectly, and it's like, oh, this song's great. And then the song goes away while she's like changing in the backseat of the yeah. car. You're wild. Like, You're wild. You're wild. You're <laughs> wild. All right, now it's just a dirty dancing yeah. love love podcast, but um, and right. we, we that'll that'll be for the Patreon. I think. Yeah, that's yeah. All right, well that was great. Oh man, that was fun. Good job, everyone. AJ. Yeah, it was a good time. <laughs> so we had three really good popular film scores and one that you learned something about. And one where Grandpa taught you. One, AJ, Grand- one question. Yeah? Do you sit through all the credits to listen to the score of of To Kill a Mockingbird? Yes, absolutely. Okay. When AJ gave me this pick, he said, it is Americana. And that was, and he's like, and that's the argument. (laughs) It's Americana. It's as if Paul Bunyan and Aaron Copeland had sex. And the sound that was produced is the score to... To kill a mockingbird. Oh, well, that's actually, like, a beautiful message. I need everyone to go home and listen to Cry to Me. 
like sure, yeah. the we'll song is outstanding. And just watch the the scene from the film too, because that is a very uh, impactful scene where they decide to, you know. Well, you'll see. You'll see. Um, that song. Well, you'll see. That song is and so. And Jerry Orbach will see too. Oh, Jerry. Jerry. Oh. What a dream. He donated his eyes. He did, he did. when he passed away. Gr- great, great. Someone is someone is staring out into the world with those with those nice blue eyes. I don't. I don't know those if we'll ever talk about dirty. Hazel eyes. Oh, bring it back. I don't know if we'll ever talk about dirty dancing again. So I just want to say that uh, I do know that the the final sequence. Uh, with the lift, obviously, in uh, the the Kellerman's, you know, finale, um, that they they it took them like ten times to do it, like they could not get it together. Yeah. And Jerry Orbach and uh, the grandma from Gilmore Girls. Oh, what's her name? Hold she, on, she was the, also an original chorus line. Uh, the chorus line. Um, they got hammered drunk. Oh, that's fun. During this part, they just kept giving them booze because they didn't really have anything to do. They were just sitting there. Um, oh so, my god, I just realized that's the same person. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's her. And it's the, that she's the original Sheila from Chorus Line. Original too. Sheila of Chorus Line. And yeah, you know, Because I didn't I didn't watch Gilmore Girls originally, but I watched it recently because of time. And sure. and as like a <laughs> as sort of like an in in joke, I love that when she's dancing, the mom leans over and says, She gets this from me. Oh, because she she's was a, a great, fucking chorus line. She's a great dancer in real life. Um, okay, now I'm I'm just I'm done. I'm 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 flushed. I'm yeah. flushed. No, it's great. It makes me very happy. Um, you got sheet music for this? <laughs> <laughs> Kelly Bishop, that's her name. That's Kelly Bishop, yeah. I couldn't think of her name. Sure, it was bothering sure. Kelly Bishop. All right. The Pachanga. The Pachanga. I do also love that after the screening, like 30% of audiences had no idea that abortion was part of the subplot. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Well, it just not, It just goes right penny. by. goes right by. Yeah. I mean, I was very confused as a child. I didn't know what that was when I was little. I just, yeah. I just knew that. What did she want to do? Lumiere saved the day. Exactly. Lumiere saved the day. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. yeah, that's good. All right. Yep. This was great. I'm thrilled. I'm excited. I love movies and music. Go enjoy your Maybe Spotify. we'll do a movie musical podcast. Maybe. Oh, my God. Ooh. It's 2021. <laughs> it's 2021. Who knows? Oh, wait. This will be in the future. We're doing a movie musical podcast. That's right. <laughs> It'll have already come Whoa. out before this one happens. <laughs> so, future us says, enjoy that. Yeah. That's right. Because we've had the we've time been, of our life. Oh, my God. And we've been drinking. A little bit. <laughs> it was a rough week. <laughs> it was a rough year. <laughs> It's a, it was a real week, and it's Tuesday. <laughs> Good night, all. all right, Good night, America. Good everyone. <laughs> and Happy New Year. Your Opinion is Trash is produced by no one. Edited by Matt Jackson with graphic design from Matt Phelan and original music by K the Beast. Please subscribe, like, and rate us on all podcast platforms and join our Patreon for more nonsense. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week.